Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys. Today, we are going to take you through a self-inventory, four questions to ask yourself that are going to contribute to your success as a freelancer. So these four questions are going to help you determine how you work best, which of course is going to make work easier, more fun, and more productive. And of course, when it's more productive too, little tip, uh, you also make more money. So these four questions are pretty big deals if we do say so ourselves. Okay. Kate, first question Mm -hmm. is when do you work best during the day? Um, And if I was going to answer this, I'd be like, totally morning, always. Mm, If I'm being honest, that's somewhat true. Yes, for certain tasks, but the the key to this question is to not just answer it like I just did and say, yeah, totally this time but it's to actually sit down and it's going to take some time. You're going to spend at least, I would at least two weeks tracking what you're doing and when you're doing it, the types of tasks you're doing. So are you setting up invoices and mailing invoices to clients? Are you doing actual client work? You're working on a project. Are you concepting? Are you in meetings? Are you all the different things that go into what we do? And monitoring that and breaking it out hour by hour throughout the day to say, okay, what did I do between nine to 12 today? What were the things I was working on? How easy, hard, not just easy, hard in the sense of the challenge, but energy level wise, was I dragging my feet to do it? Was it pulling teeth uh, versus, oh, this came really naturally. It was really smooth. It happened very quickly. It was easy to accomplish in the sense that there was ease. It was not necessarily the easiest thing you were working on, but it was smooth sailing, river was flowing, and you were going down with it, and you weren't kind of fighting the current. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. If there's something you're dragging, you just can't get yourself to do it at 4.30 in the afternoon, that doesn't mean that you're going to feel the same way about that same task at 10.30 the next morning. Um, For example, on my to-do list yesterday was to record some reels, but I had managed to put them off until the end of the day. Could I have not? I mean, they're going to take me 20 minutes max. Could I have knocked them out at five o'clock yesterday night? I absolutely could have, but it was just so energetically and emotionally draining to even get myself to do that. It would have taken me twice as long. It would have cut into my evening because it took me twice as long. So I said, all right, you know what? I usually can do reels, knock them out pretty quickly, either in the morning, like mid morning or in mid afternoon. So I reschedule it to mid-afternoon, and that's exactly what Kate means. Creative time for me is either literally first thing in the morning, like 5 a.m., uh, or mid-morning. So, But administrative time, ooh, and taking calls with people, mid-afternoon. That's great. So figure it out for yourself so that instead of trying to cramming, instead of trying to cram the tasks you need to do into times that aren't appropriate for them, I mean, it's totally conceivable that if you get your, your your tasks and your energy times of the day wrong, you could, with the same exact tasks, you could end up dragging all throughout the day. The entire day, you could be like, oh, I can't, I just can't. Whereas if you'd swapped stuff around, just the order, not the tasks themselves, just the order in which you've done them, you could have had a great, super, highly productive day and end of the day going, that felt awesome. I can't wait to get back to this tomorrow. So it's sometimes it's, it's not even just the tasks that we have to do. It's when we do the tasks. So really, really take some time to figure out what is the best time for various types of tasks. Yeah. Yeah. And CCA students have heard us talk about this probably multiple, multiple times uh, because it's so, you need to do this. Um, And honestly, you need to do, reassess kind of where, what, what times are working for what tasks on a regular basis because things change and, and for whatever reason, depending on what's going on in your life and, and with your work. So Every quarter, just set some time aside. Say, okay, this week I'm gonna just for these two weeks kind of monitor my tasks, what I'm doing, how the energy levels are going, and and do the same exercise again each quarter just to make sure you're on track. See if there are any areas that you identify. You might identify other things within those tasks that that come up, and maybe it's not swapping when the time, days and times you work, but maybe you see something that oh yeah, I I keep doing this, but I mean to flag this for clients and make this part of my process. And I haven't done that yet. Let me make a note to make sure that's on my radar to, to, to be a task so that Mm -hmm. I, I incorporate this into my process or whatever it might be. So you might identify other things that come up during this process as well that are really helpful to streamlining when you're working, how you're working, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, and to not take us too far off this, we'll get to point two in a second, but it's also really important to have a true understanding of how many hours you have to work. Yeah. Um, we were actually just talking about this on a CCA Next Level call. We we kind of look at our weeks and go, I've got the whole week. I'll be able to get all of this stuff done. But when you actually break down your schedule and actually... Um, my friend, Meg, actually a, a kind of a friend of the podcast, a friend of the CCA in general, Megan Sumrall is a productivity expert. And she talks about looking at your schedule and putting in the pieces that you know are there. You know, if you have kids and you have to get your kids up 
and out in the morning and, you know, lunches, get backed. And then once you get back, you have to, you know, all this stuff. And so you may think, well, yeah, I, you know, I start my every day at nine. But when you actually look at what happens, you truly don't get back to your desk until maybe like 9.45. And maybe you have to like kind of get into it just a little bit. So you truly aren't ready to start work until 10. And then, you know, the same thing if you have, if you have kid pickup in the afternoon or if you have, you know, there are all kinds of things that impinge on our schedule that we, we know. We know we experience every day, but it's like we don't want to believe it. You know, we go, no, I've got, I've got all week long. I can, I can rewrite my website, to refresh it, rewrite my website this week. This is going to be amazing. But when you actually look at between family commitment, friend commitment, you know, doctor's appointments, um, uh, and, and client work and pitching work, you may only have like a free half hour to an hour that isn't accounted for each day which means that you were going to rewrite, re-totally redo your website in a week, but you've only actually got like four free hours to do that this week. So it's really important to understand what your time constraints are so that you can work with it and be realistic about what time you have in your schedule. Point two is, do you do better bouncing between projects or just sitting down and finishing one? I will tell you, Full transparency, I used to be sure that I needed the variety. I needed to bounce between different projects. That if I did 15 minutes on one project, my brain would be better and fresher. If I would do 15 minutes on this and then do 15 minutes on that and 15 minutes on that. And I was positive that that's how I needed to work until I actually did an inventory and, and, and said, all right, how do I feel at the end of the day? When I do that, what is, what is my energy like? What have I accomplished versus testing it against a B test, testing it against days when I just focused on one project, which I know can be a slog when you're like, Oh, I have to sit down and do just this one project for three hours. Oh yeah. But I found to my surprise that when I had those three hours to do that project, first of all, I didn't often didn't need the full three hours, but, and I didn't do, I didn't work straight through. Obviously I got up, I took breaks, I went and got coffee, whatever, but I had three hours to focus on just one project instead of switching up my focus every 15 minutes. I discovered that I work so much better when I can focus on just one project now Quite frankly, if I look at my to-do list and I have more than one big project for a day, it freaks me out because I can't even conceive of having two big projects to focus on in a day. So I discovered that breaking it up does not work for me. You, though, might be different. You might discover that sitting down and trying to focus on just one thing is too much for you. Your brain might need to be able to flip back and forth between different things. Yeah. And I think the key with this one is to make sure you're being intentional about your flipping back and forth between projects, that it's not every five minutes or even every 15 minutes, because, you know, as plenty of studies have shown the, the bouncing around and the time it takes to get back into something like, oh, we have a meeting and now I have to go back to what I was doing. It, it takes, you know, something like 20 minutes to get back to kind of where you were and get your brain recalibrated to the project you were working on. So that's something to think about too, when you're scheduling out meetings, you know, if you have a, a, a 
client wants to take a meeting at 10 30 and you're like well I, I start my day at nine can I what can I get done in that time before the meeting before I have to kind of switch gears to the meeting because it's not right at 10 30 it's probably 10 20 you want to start wrapping up your last thoughts and all of that kind of lost time that happens between switching between tasks and so a making sure you're accounting for that lost time is it wherever you're attributing it to, you know, is it, are you buffering meetings and saying, you know what, it takes 10 minutes to get into a meeting and out of a meeting. So this hour meeting is actually an hour and 20 minutes. No meetings actually, whatever the time is. And so accounting for that, but then also being intentional about how you're scheduling, what you're doing when, so that if you're bouncing around between projects, you can do that to have that variety kind of spice of life, but you're still giving yourself enough time to truly dig into it do what you need to do, be creative before having that switch. And so that you're not losing all of this time to kind of recalibrating. So, you know, maybe it's, I I know I want to spend an hour brainstorming for this client. So I'm going to spend an hour brainstorming and then I can let it sit, but I want to get that process going. And then I'll switch to, I'm going to write on, you know, I'm in the midst of writing this project for a client. So I'm going to spend three hours really just knocking out a first draft of this web page. And then I'm going to switch and do my meeting. And then I have maybe some admin tasks. And so maybe you're breaking up your day like that, but you're doing it intentionally and kind of accounting for setting yourself up so that you're not losing more time than than you want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you're going to switch between tasks, you know, oh, I do a different task every 45 minutes or whatever make sure, or even just, just generally switching. If you're going to make that decision, if you've decided that does work well for you, make sure that you're doing it because it does work well for you, not because it's an old bad habit. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us with the internet and social media, a lot of us are used to doing this and this and this and being on Instagram before we even realized that we had picked up our phone. So just like Kate said, be intentional. We would all love to believe that in our schedule, we've got, well, from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, I'm going to work on this project. Then from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock, I'm going to work on this project. And we would love to believe that at 10.59, we stop that project and 11 o'clock, we start the new one. But to Kate's point, that's not how it works. You think of our, our brain as, as, a, as a locomotive know my locomotive instead of train, but locomotive, that it's going to take some time to slow down and it's going to take some time to start back up again. So if you think that you're going to be working from 11 to 12 on a project, probably not because you've got to get that locomotive going on this project for at least the first maybe five or even 10, 15 minutes before you're ready and you're chugging along at your full capacity. You can break yourself, break your work up into smaller projects if that variety works for you throughout your days. But just bear in mind that there are just some natural constraints to how our brains work. Yeah. And this kind of ties in with our first point of of tracking where your time is going. If you're unsure and you're like, what did I do for three hours? Pull up your browser history and go through what was I doing? What was I searching? What was I Googling? What websites was I on? Pull up your phone. What apps was I on? Oh yeah, if I'm being honest, I did get on Instagram. And if I'm being honest, I don't know how much time I spent there. And mm-hmm. so start looking at those things that they're they're they don't lie. The the browser history doesn't lie. So yeah. well, if you're some, unsure, mm-hmm. check it out. Exactly. And and something that our team does regularly, um, and we advocate to our CCA students as well, is to do a time audit. 
mm-hmm. is to actually, and is it fun? No, it's a pain. Let's be totally honest. It's a pain, but it's, it is illuminating when you sit down and you actually, and you can do it one of two ways. You can either kind of break it out by 15 minutes. All right. What am I doing in this 15 minutes? Or you want to be really true to it. Every time you switch a task, write it down, you know, nine, 13, got on, checked email till 9.27, got up, got myself some coffee till 10.07. And yes, I know it sounds tedious. You only need to do it for a couple of days because you're going to start seeing very quickly where your time goes. Because I know all of us at the end of a workday will go, all right, I got some stuff done, but like, shouldn't I have been able to get so much more? Why is there still so much more on my to-do list? When you actually, I... And every time I'm like, no, yeah, I work, I get, a, I, I work a lot, you get a lot of work done every time I go through and I'm like, oh, I really only did like four or five hours of truly focused, worthwhile stuff. There's a lot of like Instagram, there's a lot of messing around. There's a lot of, well, I had to Google this. And then I got up here, like truly focused, productive work probably only close to like five or six, uh, four or five are truly, um, there's other stuff that can get in there in the, in the, the other hours, but that's the truth. And actually I've heard things that say that you really only work like two hours truly productively. I, though I have heard the four or five is a little bit more average, but if you can see where your time is leaking away, you can take better advantage. And to go back to the first point again, what we do, we love that energy. If you see that a lot of leaks are coming in your prime energy time, you need to switch stuff around. If you are letting yourself do the the Instagram scrolling or you know, you find yourself lingering by your coffee machine and going through your mail during your peak hours, you need to change that up. That mm-hmm. Go on Instagram. Absolutely. Go through your mail. Certainly you, you, you should, um, but move it toward the time. Like for me, mid afternoon, maybe I've gotten through some calls like two 33. That's the time for me to go through my mail. Cause my brain does need a break and it's not going to be doing anything super creative or super strategic. So do a time inventory and see where your time is leaking away. And if you have time leaks, move them around a little bit, figure out how you can figure out how you can schedule yourself just a little bit differently. And I'm not even saying don't go on Instagram, go on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Little plug. Um, But just be strategic about when you let yourself take these little breaks. Yeah. Yeah. And so to that point, number three really is not just these time leaks, but your tasks in general which ones are draining you? Which ones are actually, are you putting at your peak time that you shouldn't put at your peak time? What are the things that you're like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. I have to do it, but I, but I don't want to do it. Um, so that might be, you know, it might be that uh, writing copy actually does energize you, especially once you get going and you're like excited to do it. Uh, for me, it's invoices that drain me. It's just like, I don't 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 want to send invoices which is um, so get funny paid, yes, yes. But, you'd think it would be the most fun thing to do like yay but no Mm-mm. agreed 
Not at all. So for me, I mean, I don't want to do invoices at my peak time. I'm going to be kicking and screaming doing it no matter what, right? So knowing that it's not going to be my favorite task, no matter what time of day I'm doing it, I don't want to waste my peak time being a dollar throwing a temper tantrum over invoices. So I'm going to save that to the times where, okay, maybe I'm, you know, at low peak energy, usually about 2 p.m. for me, uh, just naturally when it is. So that might be a, a nice break to say, okay, like this is an easy task. My brain doesn't have to be firing on all cylinders to send an invoice. So I'm going to save that for that time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to use, you know, my peak hours for tasks that actually need my brain power, full brain mm-hmm. power. Yeah. Like something like client emails. Personally, I don't love emails. And if I get in the morning and my email, my inbox is full of them, then ugh, it's, it's just draining. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to open for, and I say this to myself as much as I say, you don't have to open your email first thing in the morning. What I have started to do is I've scheduled a time on my calendar that that is my email time. And I check and I return emails during that. It's usually about a half hour that usually does it. Sometimes it's a little bit longer depending on the emails, but usually about half hour will do it. And I check my emails and I send emails back. And I know if you're thinking, well, but clients need to hear back from me. If they sent me an email, I have to return that email as soon as possible. No, you don't. They don't own you. They, they do, you're not working in their office. And even if you were working in their office, they can't imme- expect an immediate response from you. Um, you respond back to them when, I mean, in a timely manner, but certainly once a day is fine. If once a day makes you uncomfortable, okay, then schedule twice a day that you do check-ins. Just beware of check. If you think, well, okay, I'll do check-ins. And then in the morning I'll check in and see if they're like, see what's in there. And then in the afternoon I'll respond. Don't do that because in the morning you're opening a loop, right? You're opening your email and you're seeing all the stuff that needs to be responded to. So in your brain, you're opening a loop and the brain craves closure. It craves closing loops. So all that time in between those open, seeing those emails that need to be responded to, and whenever you respond to them in the afternoon, your brain is going to be thinking about that. And it's going to be like, oh, I got to get back to that. I got to get back to that again. So don't, don't try that. You can't have two different times in the day to check your email if you want to do that, but make sure that you are opening, that you are opening and responding to emails in the same time period. For sure. And I mean, the other option with these tasks that drain you is to use some of your peak hours, tiny, tiny chunk to just power through it really, you know, you know, you're going to knock it out. So to Nikki's point with her, her reels earlier, saving them to the morning was a smarter choice so that she could just do them faster and not eat into her afternoon. So think about that, whether it's, okay, this task makes sense to do during my low energy times, or you know what, I'm going to save it for a high energy time, but you know what, I'm going to set a timer and hold myself to getting this done within a a shorter period of time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Question four, which is similar to the last question, but different in a way. So the question is, what tasks do you personally not have to do? Maybe they still need to be done, and we'll talk about stuff that doesn't need to be done at all. Well, okay, we'll talk about it very quickly. If it doesn't need to be done at all, stop doing it. Um, Don't be afraid to just take stuff off your to-do list. But also, if you're looking at your list, 
think of it, think about it with that business owner's hat on, with that CEO's hat on. Is there stuff that you could outsource? I mean, as our, our CCA Next Level Mastermind members know, um, they can, they, we have whole trainings for them about how to hire a virtual assistant and what kinds of tasks those virtual assistants can take on. The, the admin tasks that take up a lot of our time, we have a whole training about how to hire and how to manage assistants that can do that for you, or even outsourcing some of your copywriting work to other copywriters that you train and kind of bring on your team. So there are, there are options like that. Um, for, for all of us, but also don't limit yourself to just your business work. Is there stuff in your life that you could outsource to someone else? As you're building your copywriting career, you're going to be making more money. <laughs> Congratulations, you're going to be making more cash, which is great. And a great way to use some of that money is to delegate tasks that drain you or that you just don't enjoy or that get in the way of you being able to do better work with your clients. And I'm thinking specifically of, so when I think, I really, I think one of the first things that a lot of our students um, outsource or invest in uh, is a house cleaner and both genders, certainly, because um, it should be shared equally, right? I can say that very easily because I live alone, um, but <laughs> very easy for me to say. Uh, but a house cleaner, if, if you love cleaning your house, great. Keep doing it. I have never been that person, and I think the majority of people don't either. Outsource to a house cleaner. And I know that there can be all kinds of stuff like, well, my parents never did, and I've never done it. But hey, you know what? First of all, you're making more money. You can afford to have someone do that for you. And if you really want to justify it to yourself, while that house cleaner is working, do more copy work, right? Because you're paying your, your house cleaner likely at least a little bit less than you make, probably a decent amount less than you make as a copywriter because this is a highly skilled, highly valuable. And I'm not at all saying anything about the value of house cleaners. Believe me, I adore mine. She is a blessing to me. Um, but what I am saying is that if you're like, oh, I don't know, all right, then fine, do some copyright. Grab your computer. I Every other Wednesday, I grab my computer, go to Starbucks, and I still do some work while those wonderful women women are cleaning my home for me. And I know there's that, there, for some of us too, there's that, well, I don't know, somebody, somebody else is doing stuff that I could do. Hey, don't forget, you are now in the amazing position of helping other people build their businesses. Your house cleaner doesn't have a business if she doesn't have clients. How cool is that? That you can, and I, I apologize for saying she, it's a vast generalization. I kind of just picked one, they. Um, your house cleaners, they don't have a business if they don't have clients. How cool is that? That by you making this purchase that yes, benefits you, but you're also helping someone else, another small business, build their business. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox, but I just, I think house cleaning especially is, is kind of that first dipping your toe into outsourcing, but I would encourage you not to stop there. What's on your calendar or what's yeah. on your schedule that makes you crazy or even just annoys you or anything along those lines. Yeah. And really look at it. It's, it's all a financial, it's all math, right? If you're making 50 or 60 bucks an hour and you can have something done for 25, 30, 
frankly, even less if you think about like grocery delivery, that might be a tiny first step that you take. Say, you know what, I'm going to pay 10 bucks, 20, whatever it is to have my groceries delivered instead of spending my time. My time is now valued at X amount per hour. So start looking at it like that to say, if I'm my copywriting work can bring me in this much per hour, I'm taking time away from that to do whatever chore thing that you don't like to do. Again, if you like to go to the grocery store, this is my number one thing that mm-hmm. I don't like to go to the grocery store. So, you know, are there are there meal prep things that you can get? Um, or maybe you're going to pay to get the, the chopped carrots instead of chopping it yourself. Again, it, it is a mindset shift because it's like, oh, I can do that. Why would I pay someone else to do something that I can do? But you would because if you value your time and you start valuing your time like a business owner, then you don't want to waste your time on tasks that you can actually pay a lower amount than what you're making to get done. So it's all it's all the math. What mm-hmm. what actually makes financial sense for you and your business to hit your goals if it is to spend more time with your family, but you're spending so much time building your business and you don't want to take away from that business building time. Okay, so what are some other areas that you can still spend time with your family and still spend time with your business? It might be these things like house cleaning, groceries, mm-hmm chopping, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Or if you're, you're mowing you know, the lawn, yeah. all this, all that stuff. Well, and it, you know, time with the family, of course, very, very important. However, I would also just like to point out that not all time with the family is the same, the same level of joy. Let's just put this out there. First of all, if you can, if you can get a couple more hours for your business by putting your kids in a daycare for a couple hours or having a, a babysitter come up for, for a couple hours, probably going to be worth it. Also, then they get to interact with somebody else. But uh, here's a, a great example, actually. A friend of mine, um, she she is she, she's a very busy woman, but obviously she loves her little girls and wants to, to spend as much time with them as possible. However. The school drop-off in the morning. Now, I love these girls. I would lay down in front of a truck for them in a hot second. But these little girls are miserable in the morning. Oh, getting them. And I know because sometimes she'll go out of town and I'll pop over to help. Getting them out of bed and dressed and fed and in the car in the morning is miserable. I love them so much, but they're not happy to be up. They're whiny. Maybe there's some crying. There's. It's just nobody's enjoying it. So... What she did was she hired someone to come in and take her kids to school in the morning. And again, this woman is very happy to be making this money and she'll come in, she'll have a little bit extra time. I'm sure she has some techniques uh, to make it a much more calm and pleasant morning for the girls as well. And I'm sure the girls are also acting out a little bit more because it's their mom and not to get too far into that. But now she gets to get out of the house early. And if she wants to, she can go work out or she can get to work early so she can leave a little bit early, whatever. But if we're it's like all family time, is not the same. There are some wonderful times with your family. And there's some miserable times. So if those miserable times can be can be outsourced. Look into that as well. Really, we would encourage you to just get creative with your schedule. And truly, every time, look at your to-do list. If you look at your to-do list and something carries over your, you know, your home to-do list, if it carries over from, I would even say just week to week, but at least if it carries over over a couple of weeks. Get someone else in to do it because then it's in your head. Oh, I need to clean out my garage. I need to clean out my garage. I didn't do it this weekend and I didn't do it this week. It's, it's 
in your brain. It's sucking up energy. Pay some neighborhood kid to come in and clean out your garage. Give them 50 bucks and it'll be done. Look at what is, what is, and like I said, not just in your business, but in your business too. Look at all of it. What do you find draining? What do you find annoying? What do you find yourself procrastinating on? And just get, be open to the possibility of outsourcing some of this stuff and getting some of this stuff off of your own plate. Yeah. And thinking about with some of these people you're outsourcing to, they're the experts in whatever it is. So even if you didn't hire a neighborhood kid to clean out the garage, maybe you hire someone who's an organization pro that can make your garage set up so it's more efficient. You can find everything, you know, there's a system to it. Maybe that makes your life so much easier in other ways, not just offloading the 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 tasks, but then improves life moving forward. These think about it as you're a copywriting expert. You don't, yes, can we all chop things or organize things? Sure, but we're not necessarily experts in household organization. Like that, that is an actual thing you can hire an expert for. So if you can hire an expert, um, it might be worth it to, to mm-hmm. A, have it done, but also done in a way that improves your life indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and even if you do know how to do it, like for example, I had some, some, I, there's a there web, there are plenty of websites you can go to that will have pros of all different industries and that kind of thing. Even if you just, like, could I put in, uh, could I have installed the new lighting fixture in my dining room? Yeah, I've done it before. I know how to do it. Like, am I a pro at it? Certainly not. But could I have done it? Probably. But I outsourced it because somebody else could do it while I'm up here working and I know that they're going to do it right. The downstairs toilet, it was like, oddly enough, just running every 45 minutes. So it was a very slow leak. So I figured it was the the valve seal. However, I hired someone to, yes, I have gone in to a toilet and put in the whole new flush system myself. Um, But I could outsource it. And somebody came in, they got it done in an hour. And I was up here getting that work done. Even if you do know how to do something, it doesn't mean that you have to just get, get creative, be open to the possibilities of what, how you could change up your life a little bit, just because your neighbors all do it this way, or your family has all done it this way, or your mom has never hired a house cleaner doesn't mean you have to live your life the same way. You're already not living your life the same way. You've already chosen a new career, learned it on your own, outside of school, outside of a job, and built your own career. You're already breaking boundaries. You're already doing things different, which is is so cool. So don't limit it to, to just your career. Okay. So those are our four points. Uh, This might be a good one to go back and write those points down. Maybe give yourself some time to think about them. Do a little bit of brainstorming. Maybe do a time audit. You don't have to do them all the time. Uh, But once a quarter at least is a good idea. Um, But we've given you some stuff to work on. However, even though it is work, it is, in fact, I will, I will 100% guarantee that when you think these things through and you take some action based on these questions Kate and I gave to you today, it will absolutely uh, improve your productivity as a, as a freelancer and it will improve your life after all. So, you know, not a bad episode. We did pretty well on this one, huh, Kate? Yeah, right. Okay, so we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? 
Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.